Hello and welcome back to the I'll Try That podcast. This week, we're heading to Victoria, Australia to try the very famous VB Victoria Bitter. Uh, but first, uh, we're going to head to the splendiferous, the spectacular, the superbious, the spiffing Matt Barber. Oh, wow. Uh, well, we couldn't find him, so I'm, I'm going to have to do uh, in, instead. Gentlemen, tell me something. Does the name Valgeer Valgeerson mean anything to you? It doesn't. <laughs> and that's the end of the hot topic. Never mind. <laughs> Join, Join us next week, or we'll find out uh, if uh, the guys know uh, another uh, uh, niche brewer. Um, Valgeer Valgeerson is responsible, <laughs> it would seem, I sound like a bit very harsh here, for, for me, uh, what is um, one of the more outrageous uh, beer flavours uh, coming out of Iceland. Um, so this is a Christmas-themed uh, beer that, that's been made in Reykjavik. Um, so, I mean, if we were to do a sort of Christmas dinner vibe uh, beer, what, what sort of flavours would, would we typically expect to see? Christmas dinner of some sort of stuffing. Turkey. Stuffing. I think of Christmas Turkey. dinner. Cranberries, yeah. very, very Christmassy. Or you yep. know, pigs in blankets. Gravy. Yeah, actually, do you know what I would go for? Bread sauce. Bread sauce beer. Oh. oh I just love bread sauce. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Um, so your traditional Christmas... I could actually see, just on the side tangent, I could see bread sauce beer being quite popular actually because actually there's quite a few other like bread toast related we toast didn't we toast yeah. we did toast for um, you've got um, banana bread yeah. by um, I forgot what brewery actually does that um, but yeah Wabble well there's also in this beer that I'm about to talk about they have uh, it features a, a little bit of cloves actually which is normally something you see in the background but actually I always think makes bread sauce however a traditional Christmas dinner in Iceland has um Actually, is, is a uh, is, is something like smoked lamb leg and, and and potatoes, leg of lamb rather, and this beer, uh, which Valgir Valgirson uh, saw fit to produce, um, uh, is flavoured with canned peas. I was going to say pea, and I meant to say it's, it's you know like the little green things, um, and red red cabbage, red cabbage and pea beer. I mean, I like red cabbage. I'm going to put it out there. As a side. In your beer, though, not in a yeah. In, P. I mean, that's going to presumably give you a nice, a nice sweetness to. Are, uh, are peas that sweet like a... though? They're not that sweet. It's not like biting into an. No, apple. indeed. I mean, you know, but if you have, it's a, but an element to yeah. it. We're not talking about the sweetest. Marvel's has said it's the sweetest thing ever. We're sort of on a scale of sweetness, saying it would have an element of sweet to it. But beers talk about putting sweetness in their beer, and they use very sweet things that make it not that sweet, but a little bit sweet. So I'm just thinking. But it's an earthy sweet, isn't it? Like peas, as the yeah. green and the green family is a, is a sweeter one. Is you know. Yeah. Um, it's going to take a bit of getting used to, I imagine, this beer, right? Uh, Val Valgir, yeah. uh, or, or Big Val, as as those of us who know him, uh, um, <laughs> or, or don't know him, uh, call him. Um, he's he's got form in in this department. Uh, he's also had a crack a crack at um, beer made from seaweed, salty, I imagine, yeah. um, dried fish. And actually, reading this, I, <laughs> I can't. I mean, yeah, as if that's not weird. As if, as if that was not weird enough. And I'm kind of rubbing my eyes and reading this. And from beer made from the foot of a Christmas tree, apparently, it it's not been obviously reported quite as quite as widely as this uh, pea and red cabbage one. Uh, but I think the reason for that is the first batch of this pea and red cabbage beer. Um, sold out in about six hours. Wow. Oh, wow, okay. That's some 
So, so, so there's uptake in 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 Iceland. Um, uh, I can't quite see it. Um, I can't quite see Jollabjör uh, being shipped over here. But um, yeah, can you think of anything weirder than well, that? Well, it sounds like it's probably like the novelty of it. Maybe, maybe it does actually taste great. I don't know. Have you had? Have you got a? I mean, what's it? What does it compare it to? Does it? Um, do you know what? There's just a few, just a few um, uh, quotes. When uh, I was surprised at how good and pleasant it was compared to when you see the peas and red cabbage being poured into the brewer. Um, I was expecting a more pronounced taste of the ingredients um, from from an, from another taster. So um, maybe it's that they've just managed to get it as a subtle background um, twang rather than, oh, I'm having a nice cool glass of peas and red cabbage. So this week we're travelling down under to talk about one of the most iconic Australian beers, Victoria Bitter, The Big Cold. The Big Cold, it, what's, Simo, you're in location. It's called The Big Cold. It's VB, <laughs> or, or do we, is it known as Victoria Bitter? Or is it VB? I, I always thought it was VB. Okay, so in, so interestingly, it's throughout its career, I'm going to call it a career. Um, it's had a lot of, it's acquired a lot of nicknames. And a lot of abbreviations, because Australians love an abbreviation. So, for instance, the fact that everyone calls me Simo is supposedly is the most Australian thing you can do. Um, so, VB, um, also known as Vic Bitter. That's not... The Veebs. <laughs> the Very Best. The Very Best. Vitamin B. Victory mm. Beer. Now, Victory Beer was because it was very famous for sponsoring uh, the uh, AFL here. And so it used to drink it afterwards as a victory beer, VB. Um, and for those that dislike it, um, also known as vomit beer and the visitor's beer. Go for it, Bobs. Now, listen around, fellas. I'm going to tell you the story. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do it like this. No, <laughs> no, I wouldn't either. <laughs> we'll pretend We'll pretend we got someone in to do this. And then I'll go, hey, wow, that guy okay. was good. Um Thomas Aitken came to Victoria from Scotland in 1842 at the age of 19. In 1851, he founded the Corio Brewery in Geelong. And later Geelong. started the Geelong. Geelong. Thanks, yeah. mate. <laughs> <laughs> and later started the Union Brewery in Melbourne. By 1854, he was in business at Victoria Parade, East Melbourne, where he had built a new brewery, distillery, and mod house. <laughs> I don't know why I just went into Southern American. <laughs> the large complex it's, was called is... the Victoria Parade Brewery and a substantial business developed. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, thank you very much for that. Victoria. Thank you for transporting us back. Hey, that guy was good. We should get him yeah, again. We should, definitely. Oh, so they're a classic. They were also... so. I mean, it's Victoria bit. It's Victorian times they started. 1862, they used to keep the horses. We like we like the ho- the uh, breweries that did the, the horse deliveries. They had 16 uh, transporting the beer. Um, <laughs> they had cats to defend the, uh, the, the brewery from rats. Nice. And they think there were about 1,000. Cats or rats? That's incredible. Never heard of any that 1,000 cats? Yeah. Yeah, they think there were a thousand cats. So I wasn't sure if it was a thousand rats or a thousand cats, but um Do you reckon they all had little uniforms on? I hope so. A little VB little VB bells running around. Yeah. Although the, yeah. the the bells would have warned the rats that the cats were coming. So maybe, you know, the cats are quite stealthy. So If there were a thousand cats, yeah. how many rats do you think there must have a been? A lot. <laughs> I reckon. How many how many cats does it how many rats does a cat eat? 
a day. I reckon a cat can. Now we're going down these maths questions I've, again. Actually, <laughs> rat, rats can be big and be feisty. Yeah. I mean, I was going to say I think a cat could take on three rats, not but maybe not at the same time. No. What? What? One after another? Yeah, exactly. Is it at the same time? Is it one to after? Be fair, Joe, Joe, Joe. If if Colin was there, oh, he, Colin would have. Colin would have taken on a thousand rats by himself. He would have smashed it up. Yeah. For those unknown, Colin was uh, Simo's much beloved cat. We all had a big, big fan of Colin. I, I, I don't to move this on, but I am finding the bottle quite interesting now. Simo, you've got some stuff on the bottle, right? So it's the stubby, uh, which is and the stubby is I what's the every- stubby size? It's like it's this, it's a squatter, right? And it's fatter than a normal bo- yeah, like so, bottle. Yeah, so it's it's kind of like instead of a tall and thin glass, like you know, like a Corona or a Sol. It's like squished mm. down and it's fat and short, basically. And it's got a like short neck. Um, and supposedly the there's actually a method behind the madness, so we say, um, where it's kind of the short neck means there's less airspace in the top of the bottle, which keeps the beer fresher for longer, which is really interesting. And I think Joe's talk, uh, spoken, sorry, I was about to say talking, <laughs> that's not a word, has spoken about this in the past, which is the fact that a brown glass actually has quite a lot of, there's like science behind it. The fact that mm-hmm. um, opaqueness keeps out the sun rays, doesn't oh, it? If it's exposed to sunshine and it's like the, mm-hmm. the clear glass, it will develop in a different way or something like that. Is that right? That, so those two elements that you just said, the, the shorter neck and the brown bottle. Oh, it, and so it, it's, it's, it's those two things is to combat what Australia Dan would refer to as the two great enemies of beer's taste, oxidization and microbiological contamination. <laughs> oh, those gits. Ah. Oh. The supervillains of Imposing beer. Imposing the great crime of, of beer against us, which uh, VB I know referred to as the light-struck flavour, ah. which is like when it's, when it's oniony and stale. But uh, some people will probably yes. think that it, it got there anyway. <laughs> <laughs> With regards to the bottle, they don't just have the classic stubbies. They actually have quite a variety of different like sizes, you'll say. So um, they have a 750 bottle, which they refer to as the long neck... 750, the bomber, the king brown, or the tallie. Oh, this is so Australian, I love it. <laughs> they have they had 500 mil cans known as the lunch greens. I don't really get that one, but the lunch greens, lunch greens, one you have at lunchtime. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. my investigative journalism. Um, the stubbies, obviously, the stubbies, which they also called pint or short necks, and then they had the can version, which actually I've got a can version, mm. uh, which they called tinnies, boonies, green cans, or greens. And then they actually have even smaller. They have two fifty milliliters, which they call grenades, twisties, and throwies. <laughs> <laughs> and for a limited time only, they had something called the killer can because it was a kilo can, <laughs> of one kilo of can a one liter in the can. northern territory. Jesus, a one liters can. As in, as in, I heard you correctly. We are actually trying to kill people. Yeah, with this stuff. yeah. <laughs> that was in the northern territory. Yeah. Um, you don't, you don't want to combine that, ki- uh, that one litre one with the throwy, do you? Yeah. There's going to be some killies going on there. <laughs> I keep thinking, I've got this three... Some mamies. I've got... <laughs> I've got... So, sorry, I, I'm a bit obsessed with this fact. I've got the 375, what's this, the, the stubby? The stubby? Or yeah, the, I've, the stubby. I've, got the, the, I've got the original the stubby. Or yeah. the, short neck. the rooster yeah. or the the, ch- <laughs> the big changa. The short neck. Um, <laughs> the chimichanga. To me... The twist me top or, off. Or the, it's Australian slang. You can just make it up. Um, yeah. I, for me, it actually looks a little bit like a child's medicine bottle. 
<laughs> is this VP or is it cowpox? Especially the, especially the colours. <laughs> no, I know what you mean. The old-fashioned yeah. child medicine bottles. Yeah. It's because of that brown bottle, the stubby as well. It's really... It is actually, now we think about it, it's over-the-counter medicine. Like, mouth, you know, throat, throat lozenge stuff is these bottles. That would be a great advert. Hey, have a VB. Get some... They should have called it the medicine. Well, Talking talking about adverts, this is why I know VB because I've never tried the beer before. It's the first time I've ever sampled it. I've ever had it, but I know it because of the distinctive voice of the voiceover, the commercials. And they've had the big cold one, the big cold beer. Sorry, I should say I keep saying the big cold one. Maybe that's their new pitch. But the new the the big cold beer has been their ad campaign and running campaign for forever, right since the seventies. And for all of these campaigns, they were voiced by John Mellon. Late John oh, Mellon, yeah, yeah. you might know as um, Walter Riley in Crocodile Dundee. You know he's uh, he's Crocodile Dundee's like psych. Yeah, Big Wally. That's it. Uh, and, and in number two, by the way, just you know, show <laughs> yeah, of, of course, he had to make a repeat. We don't, we don't appearance. talk about the yeah. latter Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> so, so although he did pass it um, in 1987, his family gave permission for VB to continue using his voice. So that's why you know you still have this this intrinsic link between his voice uh, and the big cold beer. I called him Big Wally. He wasn't Big Wally because the, the big one was Donk. In Crocodile Dundee. That's right. Really he was the he was the guy. He was the, he was set up. He was the light relief, wasn't he? Yeah. Really light relief on yeah. it. It was really not. I liked him as the character. Anyway, um, right. So interestingly, with that advertising campaign, um, thinking about that kind of thing, is um, they're actually they're the uh, music that they play. So they use the film the theme from Magnific- the Magnificent Seven. Oh, really? That's the theme tune yeah. they use. Oh, yeah, that's nice. the theme tune they used, and they and their slogan, which John Mellion used, um, was for hard earned thirst. And they actually began kind of a bit like, do you know, um, we're looking at the Leeds bitters um, and like John Smiths and stuff. It was focused on like hard working. I was going to say this. I just had a look at. Uh, I was on YouTube and I saw some absolutely magnificent commercials for vb which um i'm probably gonna get my dates wrong but they look very 80s there's a lot of man with an enormous mustache helping someone drive their ute out of a ditch (laughs) and the idea is it's so hot there's lots of real hard intense uh manual labor work and exertion going on and this this beer for me is for um i I maybe an archaic phrase but for the real men out there who've who've really worked up a sweat like the sport uh and then just want to uh, knock one back at the end of the day that's ultimately refreshing well, that's it, and, and like this goes back to the, the why this beer in eighteen fifty fifty four was created was to be full flavored, full strength, and thirst quenching beer for the harsh Australian climate. I mean, it just sounds like right, a men's beer, so you know. But, it, but also, it's a set for a real purpose of like you know back there. Going back to your um, your point, Barbara, about ice. You know, ice is, is you know not that easy to come by in all in all all areas of, of the world. Australia, not so much. Ice doesn't naturally form in Australia. So, you know, <laughs> this is... We, we, we had to pay extra for the meteorology assessment. <laughs> so. well, we ha- well, we had to do our own our own research on yeah. this, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. We were looking at that for weeks. Australia, not so icy. <laughs> Interestingly as well, with regards to the like how big they are as a company... Um, I just like in 2004. I know that's quite a while ago, but it's just something that I find interesting. Is they they held 25 percent of the market share of beers sold 
So that in Australia, in four Australians. Right. Yeah, so one in four Australians bought it to drink it. Now, interestingly, like, and I would like to hear your views on this because um, I think it's quite. I, I don't know if it's as controversial as I think it is, but essentially, the brewer, the company that brewed this, kept cutting the alcohol percentage from its original four point nine. Now it is now four point nine mm. again. Um, in Australia, anyway, I'm not sure if it is. I think I'm four point um, seven. I'm four point nine. Sorry, no, four point nine. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So basically, it, it's always been four point nine, and in 2007, they started cutting down the percentage in order to save millions of dollars in tax payments, and so they kept cutting it from four point nine all the way down to four point six until tons of people started complaining. <laughs> well, I've, I've been reading a lot of online forums about reviews of this because of trying to form an opinion, obviously not being an Austra- a native Australian and being immersed in it. And a lot of people complaining of this watering down of the beer. Yeah. So is that, so do you think like if you had a beloved drink, right? Cause, and you were told that it was getting weaker. Do you, like, how would you, like, I would, I'd be interested in, like, what would your thoughts be on well, it? Like, well, I mean, you do think as well, like, 4.9 down to 4.6 is not that big a difference. It's only 0.3% ABV, and you can't really taste that difference. But if this is something that's so quintessential or, I guess, is so with the foundations of why you drink this beer, that it's full flavour, full strength, and it's, think about the kind of characters as well. You said 25% of the Australian population drink that. But obviously, you can probably create a picture, a persona of who those 25% are. You know, they're not going to be interested in the fact that this is now 0.3% less. And even if it wasn't more watered down, it didn't have more water in it, in that flavor profile, and it was still the true flavor to what that 4.9 was, they're going to perceive that it's got more water in because that's just how the the consumer brain works. I would um, would maybe add to that. I think it's a little bit... uh, difficult between because ultimately you know when you buy a beer you have like live beers and you have or you know effectively then sort of dead beers and i assume that this is a, a technically a dead beer but um with and joe's made a couple of points in a few uh, podcasts previously that um actually to get something to taste the same across the globe and over a set period of time is actually a real feat of uh, ingenuity and and technology and that sort of thing. However, I also would kind of be open to the idea, if I thought this was the reason, that actually because of, you know, uh, meteorological conditions and, you know, harvests and that sort of thing and the ability for people to get hold of certain types of hops and yeast and all that sort of thing, that I, in, in my mind, I would totally be open to the fact that beers can and do change however i would sort of maybe be a bit more on board with that being the reason than rather they went mm, we're going to take the beer in a different direction and sort of maybe shoehorn it to in, save into a certain uh, and by the standard things to save money on tax yeah exactly you know, to, it's, that's yeah. not really like a good form but consumers aren't going to be with you that yeah please big corporation please <laughs> yeah. save some money on yeah. tax because yeah. <laughs> the, the perception will be that the, the the massive brewery is probably doing okay and i I might be doing them an injustice there, but yeah. that's probably no, I think you're right. what people think. I think that's exactly it. All these perceptions are probably exactly what the people were feeling in Australia. So uh, I want to talk about how the recipe hasn't really changed too much. So it kind of is tied into that 4.9 down to 4.6, but the recipe itself is still using um, Australian pale malt and what they refer to as the iconic pride of ringwood hops. Ringwood? So hops that are grown in Victoria and, Jas- and Tasmania. Now, the Ringwood name, obviously, we know here in the UK of being, you know, quite famous beer-related, you know, Ringwood Brewery, Ringwood uh, things. So I've never heard of these Ringwood hops before. But I do wonder if this is um, 
hops that have maybe found their way over from the UK, but are now grown very clearly grown in Victorian Tasmania in uh, in in Australia. Okay, so have you guys seen the VB store? I've not, I've not seen the VB. So it is absolutely fantastic. I actually own a bucket hat. <laughs> um, you own a bucket hat, but that's really not that miraculous. to say. <laughs> so, so basically, um, this was an absolute bark. I just heard. I just heard um, like so thirty, forty thousand women swoon. Oh, of course, I look an absolute gem. So. Um, Basically, they have a huge clothing brand and they do loads of like really, it's actually, this is the most dull thing they've got on their website, but they have super vibrant like green and red like uh, like shorts, budgie smugglers, towels, like bikinis, all that have like VB all over it. They also do Converse style shoes, the bucket hats that I'm fan- fashioning that. They also do Webbers. They also do cool boxes. Webbers Webbers. are, um, Webbers. Sorry, Webbers are um, Spider. barbecues. Oh, no. <laughs> barbecues. They do cool bo- yeah. barbecues. They do cool boxes, fridges, neon lights, snacks, and a snowboard. Okay, so they do anything that could have a VB plastered on it. They've done it. Just you know why not? Love it in Australia. They actually you can actually you yeah, can actually ski in Tas. Did you did you say Tassie? Tas. Well, no, no, I think it's... Um, <clears throat> it's where the devil's from. Oh, God, my jig, jig. Anyway, yeah. But essentially, it's an absolutely wacky, amazing store. And uh, you can buy some really cool, like, funny... kind of. It's, it, it, it's For me, it kind of sums up Australia a little bit. Like, willing to take the piss out of themselves a little bit. Willing to do really outrageous colours. And it's just really fun. And, and, it, and it's like... Yeah, I really like it. Um, so I thought I'd just share that with you. So if, you, you know, if anyone wants a VB... VB thing go online. So thinking about VB, I was thinking, well, VB Victoria bitters is the only thing I know of, but there is actually a Melbourne bitter as well, an MB. Have you heard about this before? So presumably a big rival. Yeah, well, it must be. But they're owned by the same company, which is the Carlton United Breweries, <laughs> which we're just segueing into. Which is on all your bottles, by the way, boys. On your stubbies, you'll see yes. a CUB. Um, logo. Oh, em- embossed on the bottle. Yeah, you know, what do you call that, Joe? It's, an, it's not. Uh, it is embossed because it comes out of the bottle. Sorry, Bob, it's debossed when it goes into the bottle. You just didn't trust me there, did he? No, no, so I, I, didn't I, hear you. Was... I didn't hear you. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, I... <laughs> it's okay. It's fine. Could we still be friends? To cut you off, because I thought that was going to be because it was mentioned earlier about Mister Aitken that he started the Curio a Corio Brewery, and mm, then there was the okay. Union Brewery, but th- ah. that doesn't stand for Corio and, and Union, does it? No, no, it's Carlton United Breweries is what it stands for, which is the parent company for Victoria Bitters. When I meant to say Union, we knew what you meant. It's actually a subsidiary of Asahi. Ah, the plot thickens. Yes, which I did notice that, which they've got a lot of Asahi products. They also have the distribution rights to Corona in Australia Bro- as well. Growing this industry is just, just incestuous, um, isn't it? <laughs> They're all, there's all, all sorts of overlaps going or on. Or as we like to say, Barbara Moore, it's built on relationships. <laughs> incest is a crime, isn't it? <laughs> you stand accused of incest. No, we just... I've just built We've built a, a relationship. relationship. <laughs> um, boys, um, what is Australia famous for? Oh no, actually, before we do this, I really want. Can everyone look at the lid of their can? Everyone has. Uh, so your can. Uh, but oh my god, English! Your bottle lid 
I'm getting there, has a, a saying. Mine says, Ozzy Allen Walsh invented the atomic absorption spectrophotometer. Um, and then all it says after that is champ, which I think is fantastic. So, yeah, nice, interesting fact. Joe. Okay. Drinking beer and you learn. I facts. have on, my, on the inside of my bottle cap, Ozzy Nathan Griggs cracked two whips a record 697 times in one minute. What? <laughs> That's actually incredible. That's so but, sick. But, Whoa. So he's like... Yeah. But I love that we are going, this is amazing how many times he cracked that whip, whereas the one before that you just read out, even though you couldn't pronounce the word, probably did something very significant for humanity, whereas this guy's whip yeah, cracking whips. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, Whoa, but, whips. But what's, important, <laughs> yeah. but what's important is Alan Walsh was a champ, because it says so on my on the lid. So Oh, like that, yeah. yeah. This bloke went to the moon. It's like, you see what this fellow's done with his whips? <laughs> like, get a life, mate. <laughs> so, the te- I know we, we've, we've kind of danced around it a little bit, but the taste of this is interesting. I've um, well, I've never had... Open- when I twisted open the cap, because it's a, a twist top, put my nose through it, I was quite appalled by the set, the, the, what was greeting me in my nostrils and my senses. You're- your face was very repugnant of whatever you were smelling. Yeah. It was. It was. It's a combination of something like a kind of vacuous, like kind of staleness, and marmite slash vegemite as well. It's. It's not a pleasant smell. <laughs> Nailing them stereotypes, putting the vegemite. <laughs> it's not. It's very yeasty. That's all I'm getting to because it is. It is a very yeasty product. Um, this is bitter after all, and if it does follow the bitter of like old of England, then it's going to have a lot of like you know maltiness and. It's going to have... Well, of... so I, I, so I would say it's, it's almost a load of cobblers it's about it being bitter. It's more like a, like a lager, isn't it? Well, that's or it. Is it. Or is that just a me? A few sips I'm, in, I'm getting... it very clearly was not a bitter in that sense. But, yeah. assume, have you got some... Yeah, it's not like a... Yeah. Sorry, go on. No, I was, I was just going to say, for me, it's so much heavier. Like, it, it's a slower drink. Like, as in, I feel like it's a... He- you feel heavy. I feel heavy, like, it when I drink it. Uh, and it's... I don't feel the same way as if I was drinking like a Sapporo or an Asahi or it's not a lager like that sort of style. It's it's almost like a, it reminds me a little bit of a tiger beer where it's like a bit heavier and it's a, like I wouldn't be able to drink this as quickly as I would be able to drink an, uh, like a light lager or a Sol that we've had in the past at all. Yeah, yeah. I'm quite I'm quite suggestible, so also when you guys talk about it, I go, yeah, I agree, but um, I really, really want to like it. <laughs> I do like it. And I, I think I do, but I think it's because I want to a little bit. This is definitely what um, a beer, um, relatives of mine of an older generation would say, that's dishwater. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, uh, that, that I'm, I'm projecting I agree. a little bit. That's the, um, I... it's, it's a bit full on. It's a little bit like a beer that someone else drank last week. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah. Um, that is literally <laughs> um, the most insulting. I feel like that is the most insulting thing you can possibly say. <laughs> that was sorry. That was a bit heavy-handed, wasn't it? But uh, that said, I I don't know. I just I feel very at home. I feel like um, I'm, I'm I kind of I, I want to like it, and I think therefore I do. I don't know. So why. I was looking. I was scouring the internet for more research on this because uh, more opinions on this because I thought, well, my opinion and my view of like oh how it smelled was so abhorrent, and the taste has got better the more I've drunk of it, but that's just beer in general, isn't it? You know, um, you know, or anything, you know, alcoholic in general, the more you drink of it, the more you're going to lose the taste of it. So I was thinking, well, no, I'll give Victoria Bitters and VB 
the benefit of the doubt. Let's go online. Let's go and see what other people are saying about it. People who are more trusted, who have been around and who are actually Australian, who've grown up with this. Where's the, where's the reviews from, Joe? Where's the reviews from? So I've, 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 I've sourced these from a number of different review sites. So, oh, Simo, if you think I, if you think I went hard, if we're going into the dark so, side, no, of no, the no I, I'm going to try and create a big picture with the, with the one the thing three. I will say before Joe goes into this, I actually genuinely like this, but I feel like maybe I'm becoming more Australian, and so maybe it's the sun has affected me. I, I so. have three reviews here for you, and I think I'm going to cra- and capture that maybe the twenty five percent versus the rest of Australia in this in this one. Okay, so the first one. Undrinkable cat whiz. This stuff <laughs> really is terrible. <laughs> That's it. I've got one here as well. Beer snobs. Yes, unfortunately, three quarters of the people who write reviews wake up. Not all people, uh, you know, not all. Basically, his point is not all beer drinkers are beer connoisseurs. And VB is a hardworking beer for uh, that doesn't appeal to the beer snobs. And VB does the job. Okay. Oh, there's, yeah, there's, oh, that's, it's an element that's of that. It's a hardworking beer. Admirable assessment, I think. Um, and then the last one I'll give you, I'll, I'll read between, I'll, I'll cut a bit of this, I'm chop and chase, but don't anything else but this. <laughs> Embarrassment so, um, both for the genetic, g- generic beer taste and drunken idiot fan club. So this, this, uh, this is why I wanted to read this, but this, this whole, I wanted, yeah. If you see a drunken 20-something wearing, wearing an Australian flag, like a cape, standing on a 90s-era Holden, Holden Commodore, you can safely bet that <laughs> bottle in his hand is a VB. Anything including water is a better choice than this. Cultural cringe at its absolute finest. <laughs> so, by, by the way, by the way, a Holden is like... Um, it's Vauxhall. Oh, what? Yeah, it's Vauxhall. It's like a muscle it's, it's Vo- no, it's Vauxhall. It's Vauxhall. Yeah, so it's but Vauxhall. Holden in the, in Australia is, is more tuned stuff. So is it, isn't it Ford and, no, and no, Holden? Holden? Holden is basic. Holden doesn't really exist anymore. So Holden went out. No, of... but, but the truck, the truck races, Holden versus Ford is really famous, like, you know, muscle car, like racing, Australian racing you, car. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, but I've got a, I'm driving a Holden at the moment. And it's basically a Vauxhall Corsa. So, uh, but yeah, but, um, one, one thing I'll say is, um, the people I've spoken to, so Toby, shout out, hockey, hockey extraordinaire. He said it's like Marmite; you either love it or you absolutely hate it. And he said, um, and then I actually spoke to his dad, and he told me he was like, back in the day, there were four beers. Like he goes, there were four beers to choose from, and they were all session beers, and this was the strongest one. And he goes, and that's all the choice you had. It was like super light, light, light lager or Victoria bitter. Yeah. Yeah. He goes, so nowadays you, he goes, you walk into a store and it's like bloody ridiculous. He, mm. like, he goes, you only had four beers mm. and now you have all yeah. these choices. So he says like, sometimes people get carried away with the fact that it doesn't taste like these craft beers and people don't like it because of that. But it was never a craft beer. So that's what so, well, the, geog- the geography's got to play a huge part, hasn't it? So you're not going to get your, you know, like your Belgian, you know, your lefts and, and your smaller quantity, high percentage taste, really strong um, taste profile, very um, bold, shall we say. It's the it's the a beer for a location, I think, and uh, I probably would probably I'd also describe it as uh, for me. I think it's a grower rather yeah. than a shower. I completely agree. I think this is the quick. This is what you get with a, a, a an older brewery that's been around for a while, but it was one of the one of the earlier ones. Now I have just given you guys a center link on Instagram because I think. It, you're right. This is not a craft beer. This is not something that's trying to play in this craft beer new age. You know, here's a neighbour. 
But this is something, there's a photo I just sent you guys on their Instagram. And I think this summarizes what, what the VB, uh, you know, kind of persona is. Simo, can you describe it for the, for the listeners? I want to tell you now, this is not as irregular occurrence as people think it might be. Can you explain to listeners what you're seeing on screen right now? So I am seeing, okay, so Bob's just wait for it because I'll tell you. This is a fantastic experience of a, a, a lovely gentleman with a very styled beard, a shaved... Uh, so basically, he's gone to the barber. Okay. So no, he, he shaved his sides and he's kept his, bit, his top bit long into a mullet to the degree that it looks a bit like a skunk. It's, it's one of the best looking mullets I've ever seen. I mean, now, in like the most actually, impressive mullets, I'd say. Yeah. But as in, I would say what's amazing is that mullets are still really popular here. So a lot of the biggest rugby AFL stars have mullets. Mm-hmm. I actually have, I play with a hockey guy who every time he goes to the barber gets a mullet. And it's just a thing that happens here. I don't know why. I have no understanding of why it's popular because it looks hilarious. I, I just don't get it. But mullets are just so popular. And um, I am starting to really associate mullets with Australians. Like that, yeah, that's how it, it's it kind really of linked is, now. It, it's a big thing now. Like it's, because it's actually probably one in 10. Like love a mullet. Um, however, every single time I talk about it, everyone's like, it's bloody ridiculous. But then I, you walk past and there's just a dude with a mullet. I, I would have to say as well, something that I'm capturing from the BB's um, Instagram page is their love of budgie smugglers. So speedos. There's a lot of branded swimwear, both for men and women, across their Instagram right now. I think it goes back to your point about the store. There's also a guy in a in a <laughs> the best um, neon bright green neon VB velvet tracksuit and matching cap. So I have to say, guys, if I'm honest, these guys are not taking themselves too seriously. They are doing the branding right in that this is a beer that's been around for a very long time. As to your friend's dad's point, it's one of the four that was, has been around. But what they're, so the beer's not going to change. This is, the beer is what the beer is. But what you're going to, why you like VB is for the fact that the beer is going to be the same as you always want to have it. And the fact that the marketing is, it's a cult classic. It's got such a love affair in, in, in the, in the Australia and in the rest of the world. I mean, I like VB for the brand. I, this is the first time I've ever tried the beer and I'm thinking, oh, okay, the beer's mm, no, if you're comparing it to like a, you know, a craft Naper DDH pale ale. But gosh, for something that's like got this cult following, I, I understand why VB has got such a, you know, it's so popular, uh, 25% so, of the population. It's just so Australian. Like the way they sell themselves is just so brilliantly Australian. And I think it's ingrained like everyone if if you talk to anyone it was like v, like for instance um every australian i've talked about i was like oh what's a classic beer and they go oh, fosters oh. like they always take that like because no. they're like but no. they're, they're like seriously vb mate just like just get a vb and it's like mm. so you say that they are joining in with the 21st century have you heard about the solar energy exchange tell us for those with, um, I think this is a, there's a domestic uh, uh, energy provider in, in uh, Australia, um, but basically for every $30 of solar energy you give to VB, well, I think basically you must just put it back into the grid basically, they'll give you a slab of beer. A slab. Take me, a take slab me of beer. You, yeah, they call you, it a using, slab. Using the colloquial. And that's what, slab. how many beers is a slab? Uh, a slab is 24. Oh, it's a 24-pack. Yeah, so brilliant. brilliant. 
Yeah. You just sign up. If you've got a, you've got a, a solar energy, um, you've got solar panels, you put your stuff back into the grid and they'll give you beer. So basically, Dinner. just to give clarification on the whole solar thing, in, the, in Australia, they're basically, they go to everyone's house and go, do you want solar power? Because what we'll do for you, and which is amazing, is they say, every, for all the unused solar power you use, we'll take it off your bill. So basically, what they're saying is, you've got tons of sunlight. You basically, basically, people who have solar panels get free electricity. <laughs> it's like ridiculous. It's, it's <laughs> just the whole the whole world should be. I'm sorry, I'm getting all political now. The whole world should have so, solar panels. Like, there's just the sun's just there. Let's just use it. Why would anyone? There's people building buildings and not putting solar panels on them. Idiots. <laughs> sorry, I've taken to a political place. But anyway, um, I love a VB personally so yeah. on, on <laughs> instagram they have 41k followers and twitter they've got uh 2k followers um so yeah i think it's it's important to, to note that it's one of the original australian beers it's got a huge cult following not just in australia but outside as well definitely worth a follow on instagram for just their fan their, their instagram game is on it's point it's on it's point it's, it's so good i love that yeah. The Instagram game on point. It is. It's awesome. It's Fleck. It's Fleck. And that's all we have time for in this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, Barber, and Simo, goodbye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, I'll Try That Podcast.com, and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now. <laughs>